Hello everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Queen Mary's Legal Bites podcast, based out of Q Legal, an award-winning commercial law clinic. My name is Ahmed Ghazai, pursuing an LLM in international business law. On today's topic, we are joined by e-commerce expert, Mr. Al-Faisal Al-Khaldi, who was kind enough to take time off his very busy schedule to show us the other side of the coin, as we lawyers tend to get too caught up on technicalities and formalities sometimes. So first off, thank you for being here today, Faisal. Ahmed, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're here today to discuss whether online marketplaces should be able to write their own laws or not. So given your extensive background on the matter, Faisal, uh, what's your take on this topic? Why should an online marketplace be allowed to write its own regulations when national laws are already in place and they're very clearly drafted by experts, uh, such as yourself, uh, as a matter of fact? Well, to start, if they don't, then how else are they going to be regulated? I mean, um, I understand that there are legislative measures in place, but in reality, they often tend to be general and not very adequate to a particular line of work. From a legal perspective, legislation is created to provide general guidelines, let's say, for the purpose of creating a public standard, right? However, it's not the same in e-commerce because e-commerce is generally very customer-centric, So our terms and conditions are created based on predicted customer needs uh, and desire in the specific market um, for a specific range of products. In other words, I think national laws, from a normative perspective, would set out a benchmark that could be transversal and applicable in different sectors. What we do is we add on to these national laws, but our regulations are not a one-size-fits-all. They are particular to what we do uh, and to what our customers need as well. Well, I see where you're coming from, and what you're saying is your own regulations act as a supplement to existing laws, isn't it? So if a consumer protection law, for example, gives me two weeks to return a product, but an online marketplace can bump that up to three, say, four weeks, that would be completely fine because it's essentially a contract, so it definitely makes sense. Exactly, that's uh, one side to it. I think there's more though. Um, In some other instances, the market should regulate itself because this enforces the liberty of trade and the idea of a free market. Well, I'm glad you mentioned this because if we look at the history of commercial laws around the world, they mostly originate from customs created by experts in the field. So Arabs created Hilf al-Fudl, for example, and their uh, medieval European counterparts elaborated the Lex Mercatoria. So I can definitely see the logic behind that. And on this note, I'd say that state law is intentionally general. And this is to leave some space for players in a given field to work around it and build on it. Exactly. And this is with regards to domestic operations only. Uh, On the other hand, given the nature of our operations, most of our work extends beyond the territorial jurisdictions of national laws. So, for example, let's say a seller is located in France and a buyer is in the UK and a purchase takes place through our marketplace. Then let's say a while later, the buyer decides that they're not happy with the product. In this case, the laws of each country are different. Uh, French laws uh, give a seven-day return period, whereas English law provides the buyer 14 days to decide to return the item. Which law are we to apply in this case? Let's be honest, what are the chances that the buyer would raise a claim in the UK and then have their judgment enforced in France? So to avoid all this hassle, we can simply add on the existing laws of each country and set a standard for both parties, you know? 
maybe we could work around both of the laws and set a three-week return period or even 30 days for everyone, everywhere. Well, you know, when it comes to having to decide which law to apply, we call this the conflict of laws and international private law. As you said, it's not very common to take it to court when you're only trying to return a t-shirt. And with what you're saying, you would be able to exercise your liberty of trade and industry as a company, which is a fundamental liberty across the EU, by the way, but without prejudice to national laws. In other words, you're not replacing the law, you're only adding to it. And, well, you're simplifying uh, cross-border disputes where national laws can be too lengthy. I can understand this from a legal perspective as well, given that a purchase is a voluntary act that produces legal effects, such as the transfer of property, for example. In short, it's, it's a contract. And by this, the parties are free to choose whatever they want to legally agree on. What's interesting is that this is a global idea. The Romans called it Pacta Sunt Servanda. Arabs called it Al-Aqad Shari'at Al-Muta'aqadin. So if the parties chose to conduct business through your platform, then they would use your quote-unquote model laws, let's say, as the governing law. And therefore, their agreement must be honored, given that it is compliant with national laws. But that's a different topic, and I'll get to it later. Exactly. Uh, I'll leave the legal jargon to you, though. <laughs> Besides, I think there are other factors that we take into consideration. So as a company, we'd like to provide the most adequate experience to both the customer and to the seller, uh, to make sure that they're both happy with the service that we're providing, and to give them more reason to continue using our platform. I think we should have a level of flexibility in terms of our operations, so that we can tailor our services to the needs of the market, at a faster and more adaptable manner than if we were to follow the regular bureaucratic processes, which do tend to take a lot of time to finalize. They are designed to be versatile across different needs, but they lack certain detail. Sure, that makes sense, but I must say I lean more towards a positivist approach, affirming uh, the majesty of the law. I must say I subscribe to a Latin adage that goes, use is ars boni etaiki, and this translates into the law is the art of the good and the equitable. And I often read this in conjunction with another Latin adage that translates into the law is difficult, but it is the law nonetheless. And be that as it may, you did raise some very valid points, and I would admit that some flexibility is required uh, to ensure a form of flow in the operations of an online marketplace. On this basis, I would agree that online marketplaces should be able to write their own laws, but I would still aim to reconcile that within some limits. Well, I think that in this case, national laws intervene. So while an online marketplace can write its laws, I think it would be in compliance with national laws. As a lawyer, though, so where would you draw the line as to how far an online marketplace can go in writing its own laws? Well, I think I would draw two lines. And I may be quite influenced by... Uh, the civil law critique in, in this matter. So first off, I would stem a line in view of the hierarchy of norms and another line in view of public order. Well, that's certainly a very lawyer answer. I wouldn't object to that, but uh, as I was saying, in terms of the hierarchy of norms, uh, this links back to the notion of the social contract, which was very cleverly illustrated by uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who was a very popular jurist. In this notion of the social contract, Rousseau states that in order to live in a collective, one must naturally give up a form of personal prerogatives in favor of that collective. 
so that it may act on his behalf. And this is how collectives evolved into societies and then onto states. So as you can see today, we delegate powers into our representatives so that they can make the law. We thereby become subjects of the law. And this subjection does not exclude companies or uh, moral persons if we were to use some legal terminology. Having said that, as an online marketplace's liberty in writing its own laws should be capped so that it doesn't go against any legal dispositions, I would think of it as a pyramid with online marketplaces being at the bottom. Its regulations must be compliant with all superior norms. Does this make sense? I mean, for instance, you cannot make someone agree to only using your platform and refrain from using your competitor's platform, for example. This way, you would be restricting their right to access the market. But on the other hand, I would say it would be completely fine to restrict access onto your own platform should you require uh, intensive verification, let's say. For example, I have a car that I want to sell and I would come to advertise it onto your platform. But you would then tell me that I'm not allowed to place an ad with your competitor. But you would also require me to uh, provide more information than what the law uh, minimally requires me to do when advertising. So in here, I think we have two things. We have eligibility and exclusivity. So we're talking about whether I would be eligible to advertise on your platform and whether your platform should be the only platform I advertise on. Now, given the two, which do you think is legal and which do you think is not? I would say the eligibility to advertise is legal because I would be adding on to the existing laws and this is essentially offering protection to consumers. And then I would say that exclusivity is illegal because this would limit the platform's right to the market. It sounds like an anti-competitive practice. There you go. And this is because the law says that I have a right to access the market and other platforms would have a right to compete. So that's why an online marketplace can write its own laws insofar as they do not oppose national laws. And this brings me on to public order. So we'd already established that online marketplaces laws are essentially contractual terms. And the form of this contract may be legal and compliant with uh, superior dispositions, but the legal sense may be contradictory to legal senses of public order. And I say this because public order is decided mostly by the judiciary. So there's a very fine line between hierarchy and public order as to what constitutes limits uh, for online marketplaces writing their own laws. And this element of public order often concerns the process of uh, establishing a contract. So for example, in some instances, uh, an online marketplace cannot take tacit consent uh, to engage in this contract, uh, let's say. So as a seller, I would have to share my bank details and I would be interested in knowing the ins and outs of what data will be collected. So when I sign up onto the platform, it simply wouldn't be enough for me to just click a button confirming my acceptance uh, to their terms and conditions because this constitutes sensitive data and my consent should be expressed and clear. And this exactly is what public order is. So it's a very subtle distinction as to where I draw the line between 
the two lines I had already drawn, creating the limits uh, for where an online marketplace should have liberty in writing its own law. I actually see this happening quite often in our operations. I'm not very involved in the nitty-gritties of the law, but I do appreciate the role of the GDPR uh, and how it changed the way that we use data and engage with our users. I believe that with the GDPR, it does not only cover uh, what we can and cannot do, but also how we can go on about it. I think this adds more clarity to what uh, may constitute public order and what may be of relevance to legal compliance. I have to give it to you. You explain it much better than I did. <laughs> and I must say, as much as I enjoyed uh, this conversation, we're unfortunately running out of time. But in conclusion, I just bring to light uh, a French quote that says, between the rich and the poor, uh, between the strong and the weak, liberty oppresses and the law liberates. This is just to remind us that too much liberty kills liberty as a notion and as a whole. And this is why we need the law to preserve it. So having said that, thank you very much, Faisal, for taking the time to join us today. And thank you very much to our audience. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. And we look forward to seeing you next month.